0: And you're very welcome along to the gardening program here on Midwest Radio on this beautiful Saturday morning. Good morning, Fawr. <laughs> How are you?
1: I'm absolutely fantastic. <laughs> um, waiting for this fine day for, for a, long, a, a as long we,
0: Well, time. I suppose that there has been a couple of really pleasant days during the week. There but, has. Uh, yeah, it's nice. I suppose Saturday tends to be the day where, uh, if you're not in official employment anyway, uh, the jobs are on. I'll tell you. <laughs> absolutely. I Absolutely. Uh, we'll hear lots of lawnmowers lawn on the day. Lawnmowers will go today. be
1: cranking yeah, up, yeah, and yeah, the hedge yeah. trimmers will be out, and yeah look it's it's great to see this bit of fine spell a bit of heat 17 degrees that's that's very promising isn't it just yeah so that's that's ideal gardening weather and you can see it i mean you can see the amount of plants that have come into flower in the last week or 10 days and lots of the trees are beginning to bud up and the weeds are growing and the grass is beginning to grow and everything is is beginning to look green and healthy once again so it's great to see that
0: so where um, do we start you we, well, we I, have a list i think i thought have we? we might
1: he- head some of them off at the at the past okay. by just mentioning i mean we will have lots of lawn questions and if people want to see what to do in their lawn to control the moss and the weeds and whatever else then go on to my blog site which is probably the handiest thing which is on horkins.ie just click on the blog page and I've written a, a very good blog I have to say <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> on
1: how, how to get your lawn self-phrase for it <laughs> how to get your lawn back into good condition so I've actually created a little video there just showing people um, the steps in getting the lawn back in, in good condition but that look at that's a good um piece of, of information on the blog on study. it tells you the step by step what to do and this weekend would be ideal with a bit of dry weather it's ideal to get out and cut the grass if you haven't cut it but certainly to get some <laughs> treatments on to green up the lawns and and having them looking good so that might just um, in terms of moss and weeds in the lawn and what to do in the lawn then have a look at the blog and that there's lots of information there but i thought it, it, we might just feature Some trees in particular, Deirdre, because the trees are beginning to come forward. Um, I think I said last week I was in Dublin and and the the cherries were in full bloom and they're beginning to, certainly the flower buds are beginning to show now on the cherry trees. But there's some lovely trees just starting to flower now. And the soil conditions, I actually planted some trees yesterday and um, the soil conditions are certainly beginning to dry out and and more suitable for planting, not just trees, but shrubs and hedging plants in general. But in terms of trees, there's a lovely tree coming into flower and I was admiring it actually come up on the driveway up to Valley Ballyhawness. Uh, lots of them in the gardens at the moment. A lovely tree called the snowy mespolis or Amelanchia. Um So snowy mespolis. It, it flowers at this time of year. Um, beautiful, as the name suggests. It's got these snow-like white flowers mm-hmm. in, en masse, and the, the young growth is a lovely bronze very soft bronze leaf colour and then it t- later turns to green as we get into summer but it's one of the first of the spring flowering trees it flowers before the cherries very spectacular the flowers are small on the snowy mespilus but it, it produced them en masse and it's a relatively small tree so it's ideal for small gardens small to medium sized gardens very, very easy tree to grow so look for that one it's a snowy mescalis something a little bit different and um, the foliage colour is nice the flower is very attractive in the springtime and it's a very, very easy tree to grow Okay
0: and does the foliage or does the flowers do they last long on it? They
1: last um, maybe four to, see, right. four to six weeks Enough to
0: see it through for a bit of Yeah, a, a it's,
1: it's a real splash of spring colour it's one of those very first um, spring plants. you know, always, I always kind of associate the starting of spring with, with the snowy mesplice coming into flower. But a lovely small you know, small to medium sized tree, it's never going to get too big. It will take some pruning. You can grow it as a shrub if you want okay. as well. But it does make a very spectacular tree when in flower. The cherries of course are going to be coming into flower very shortly and the traditional variety is one called Prunus canzan. That's the one with a very rich pink deep pink flowers makes quite a big tree um, ideal for large gardens so that's again you can plant this time of year and again Prunus canzan has lovely bronze foliage in the springtime followed by the, the bright pink flowers Cherite we've always talked about mm-hmm. the flat top cherry which has produced lovely white flowers. And Royal Burgundy is another great variety. I like it because the foliage remains a burgundy wine, a port wine colour for spring, summer and autumn. And of course, you get the candy floss pink flowers in the springtime as well on Royal Burgundy. So the cherries, anything in the cherry family can be planted at this time of year. Uh, also trees like the flowering malice, the flowering crabs, they're going to be lovely again. Um, and, and I've actually noticed that Spring plants, those that have come into flower already, are flowering in abundance.
0: Yeah, so uh, you, I, you really can just see literally an explosion, explosion of buds uh, opening in the yeah. last, I would even say three or four days.
1: Absolutely. And, and they're going to flower very heavily this year. So there's lots of, I was even just admiring some gorse plants on the way up and the amount of <clears throat> blossom that are on the gorse plants this year. But other plants like forsythia, the yellow flowering forsythii, there's an abundance of flower on it. The flowering redcurrant is in flower at the moment as well. And it again is flowering very heavily and I think we're going to see that carrying through when I was in Dublin outside Houston the cherry trees were absolutely covered they were way down with the amount of flowers on them so I think this spring we're going to see that on all spring flowering plants camellias that flower this year tended to flower very heavily and looking at rhododendrons in the garden centre they're actually full of buds at the moment so spring flowering plants I think it's because we've had we had a very good spring last year we had a very good Dry period right up to the end of June, and that certainly I think set plants up for spring flowering. But in terms of the flowering crabs varieties like gorgeous. there's a lovely one called gorgeous, which has light pink flowers lovely red cherry like fruit in autumn and anything in the malice family are great for listeners that grow apple trees in their garden because they cross pollinate the pollination of, of the ornamental uh, malus will, will pollinate your apple trees as well so if you have difficulty getting your apples to, fl- to fruit in particular introducing a flowering crab into the garden somewhere is a great way to add additional pollen into the garden so there, the golden rain tree as well the laburnum which is going to come into flower in May. That can be planted at this time of year. And trees then for foliage colour, like the maples, are planted at this time of year. So really the point I'm making is if you want a tree in the garden, this is the time of year. And it's a great time to select a tree because most of them are beginning to show some colour. So you get an indication what the foliage is going to be like or the flowers that may be coming out are going to be like over the next couple of weeks. So certainly get out and start planting them. Yesterday... I also had the honour of planting a family apple tree with my niece, oh, my love, niece Oh, Okay, lovely. We're doing a, a little bit of, of um, video recording in, in the garden and, and one of the one of the projects we did together was planting a family apple tree. So a family apple tree is simply an apple tree with two different varieties of apple on the one tree. It's a dwarf tree, so it'll only grow to about four to six feet in height. It's perfect in a pot and container. So it took us maybe 20 minutes to plant the apple tree. We planted strawberries around the base of it in a large pot and it's sitting now proudly on the patio. Okay. And as I said to her for 30 minutes, she'll have lifelong memories of and, this lovely apple and tree. And
0: will there be fr- is fruit expected yes, this year? Yes, yeah? it is.
1: These are the family, the dwarf um, family apple trees which are in the coronet family and they always f- flower and fruit in their first year. And there was literally... I won't say hundreds of flowers, but there were certainly certainly 50 or 60 blooms. So we'll expect at least a dozen apples. Excellent. And you're going to have the red variety and the green variety on the one tree. So there are varieties like James Greave um, and Katie, which are two lovely eating varieties. So the idea is you plant the family apple tree into a pot, you put five or six strawberry plants around the base of it, you sit it on your patio, all you have to do is add some water, a little bit of liquid feed during the summer mm. and Aiding will look after that plant right through the summer period. So I thought it was a nice little, um, it, I certainly enjoyed doing, do, planting it with her. And uh, as you say, it is actually going to fruit this summer. So Fantastic. something to look forward to. And the flower buds are literally on the plants. They're going to open now in the next two to three weeks. And, and be pollinated and the little fruit will form from there on. So that I thought was a quite a nice and task. And before
0: all that you'll have the strawberries.
1: You'll have the strawberries in June, yeah. know, yeah. r- r- yeah, right up for, for Wimbledon. <laughs> <Hopefully>. Perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, but they, they work very well together in containers because the dwarf apple tree stays small and compact and the strawberries like that little bit of competition. Um, we did a couple of hanging baskets as well and again I introduced a few strawberries into the hanging baskets as well just as a kind of a novelty. In terms of spring colour if people want to plant up pots and containers there's lots of spring colour available at the moment so if you kind of want to just brighten up your patio and put a few window boxes out even though the the, the nights are a little bit cooler there are plants like Blue Campanula Osteospernum, a great plant called Euryops which is a, a daisy-like yellow flowering daisy-like plant that flowers from April right through till November How's that for value? Okay, that's
0: pretty good value. <laughs> so that's Euryops.
1: Euryops, um, yeah, it's called the Euryops, or it's a it's a yellow daisy like flower. It's in it's in flower when you purchase it. It makes a lovely plant, um, great in in tubs and containers, but also you can plant it out into the garden as well. And it literally just keeps flowering and flowering. It's a for value. It's a fantastic plant, uh, but lots of colour at the moment. So the blue companions are in full flower. The which are just starting. Euryops is lovely daisy like flower. The summer flowering violas are also giving a lot of colour at the moment and plants like ranunculus are in bloom at the moment so if you've got a special occasion or you just want to dress the house up at this time of year you don't have to wait for the summer bedding you can actually put in lots of late spring early summer flowering plants and lots of shrubs will be giving color like the forest flame and the katsuru the pieris katsuru and white perfection They'll, they're in flower at the moment and give lovely uh, foliage color hanging baskets i mentioned we planted some yesterday and and this is the time of year if you've got a tunnel or greenhouse use that to start off your hanging baskets early and um, really my advice when you're planting up hanging baskets get a good mixture of different plants put plenty of plants into the basket because the bit of competition helps them to flower better but also pinch back the growing points to make them bushier and stronger and if they're pinched back it means that they'll increase the number of side branches they the trailing plants will produce and you get extra flower then during the summer period. And on Sunday, the May 6th, so write this in the diary, Sunday, May 6th, in the garden centre in Turlock, I'll be doing a demonstration on hanging baskets. So that's uh, two weeks, I think, from now. So May 6th, anyway, I'll I'll be doing a demo on how to do up your hanging baskets. But if you're anxious to get them started, certainly this weekend or over the next week or 10 days, you can certainly make a start as long as you've got a protective environment to keep them inside conservatory, patio, tunnel, greenhouse would be ideal. And finally, tomatoes. So this is the time of year we plant tomatoes. Um, Again, they need to be in a protective environment like a patio, conservatory, greenhouse, tunnel, an area of protection. But this is the time of year to plant them up. And there's some really easy varieties to grow. Again, if you've got children that you'd like to introduce them to growing a couple of plants, mm-hmm. there's some really easy ones. There's a variety, I featured it before, one called Red Profusion, which you literally just put three plants into a large pot. You add water, feed them during the summer. There's no taking outside shoots or having to stake them or do anything with them or take off any leaves. They're kind of a really easy variety of tomato to grow. So for beginners or for people that wanted to get children involved, or just have a go at growing a very easy variety, Red Profusion, for me, is a really simple variety of tomato. It produces l- larger than cherry size, so they're kind of mid-sized. Mid-size. So they're red. good,
0: good salads type ones. Excellent really, for it that, is, yeah.
1: excellent for salads, actually. Um, they'd be ideal for that, but they a really simple variety go- to grow. There's another variety called Totem or Tumbler, which can be grown as well in pots and containers. There's a nice variety, of yellow tomato called Sun Baby. So it produces lovely yellow, bright yellow tomatoes as a nice contrast. But really, this is the time of year, whether you like the traditional varieties like Alicante and Moneymaker or Sweet 100 or Gardeners Delight or something a little bit different like the Tumblers or Red Profusion. Sweet Aparitif is another lovely mm-hmm. sweet variety, um, again, great for children. So the, pl- the idea is really to start planting up tomato plants and planting veg in general. So oh, lettuces, let- cabbage. Cauliflower, broccoli, they can all be planted out of doors at this time of year, and all the garden herbs can be planted. They're all available in plants peas, beans, spinach, beetroot. They're all available in plants now, ready to go. So you don't have to put the seed in if you don't. You can literally get the little plants now, plant them out, put a little bit of slug control down, and off they go, particularly with this bit of heat. So that's the type of jobs to be, or little things to be, considering in the garden. Um, roses would be the other thing to consider and we generally get lots of questions Questions, in about I haven't pruned my roses and I think that's going to be pretty much common this year that people just have forgotten about the roses. If you haven't pruned them, go out this weekend and prune them back, even though there's some new growth on the plants, trim them back The growth will start very quickly on them, particularly if you put on a little bit of rose feed or something like the Osmo Pro 6 just to boost them on. And for listeners that have pruned the roses a couple of weeks back, protect that new growth now with a little bit of Rose Clear or Rose Rescue just to stop any of the bugs or the diseases coming on them. So kind of prevention is better than cure. Mm. But get the roses started now because um, certainly if you haven't pruned them, this is the weekend to go out and trim them back, feed them, control any weeds that might be around the base of them and let them kickstart into growth. Within two weeks, there'll be a flush of new growth on, on your new roses. And again, if people, listeners want to plant roses, again, April is the time, April, early May, it's a good time to select roses that are coming into growth and uh, they will flower this summer if you plant them this weekend. Okay. So lots to You've do. You've given
0: me some ideas for it. <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> time is the, only, is the only obstacle now at the moment.
1: Well, the evenings are long. So this, the evenings are. This, this is, is true. A little bit longer, yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. The evenings are no excuses, dear. Are no excuses. Okay, there's a huge amount of stuff there, and I know we've uh, we've we've kind of touched on some aspects, and I know there are questions coming at us so that'll probably mean we'll delve into them a bit more. Um, and I'll also
1: I'll, just to mention that hmm. I will be in the garden centre today from twelve to five. So if people want to see me um, on in Turlock in Castle Bar, just pop in. And again, as I always say, bring take a few pictures of any issues or any. Uh, things you want identified or problems you may have in the garden, bring them in on your phone, and we'll, we'll certainly have a chat. So from twelve to five today. Okay. I'll be in the Garden Centre in Turlock to answer any questions or give people a dig out.
0: Now, uh, there's a big list of questions here. I'm going to come to this one first, simply because we need some more information, please, listeners. So uh, they sent us in with big capital letters for okay. it. Please uh. help today if possible. Uh, so we have the opportunity today to prune our trees. They only have a tiny bit of leaf coming but need desperately to be cut uh. back. Will they survive? Well, we need to know what kind of trees they are <laughs> before be yeah. we can tell you whether they'll survive or not. So yeah. if you can... Uh, follow-up on that. Ed Texter, hopefully you've heard us. Uh, it's the one with the big capital letters for the first four words. Uh, right, let's go back to the top. We're taking them in chronological order from there. Um, now, uh, Tommy says, I know it's a few weeks porig too early uh, too early to plant summer bedding. What are the best summer bedding flowers for our Irish weather? And okay. also, can we pass on the fact that the zero on the Osmo has worked wonders on my lawn? Oh, great. So, good man, Tommy. Nice to hear. Mm. Yeah,
1: so bedding plants, well, <clears throat> typical Irish summer. I mean, if we've got a summer like last year where you've got lots of rain then the two best are busy lizzies which are very reliable in in the wet conditions. Even if we get a a bright sunny warm summer they do very well as well and they're very long lasting. They flower from literally the end of May right through to November to the hard frost. Um, Begonias again the single flowering begonias or double flowering begonias are all always very very reliable. Um, Now both of those cannot be planted out until the risk of frost pass which is going to be Roughly about the second week of May, third week of May, plant them out after that stage. Um, Other ones that I actually like are things like uh, Nemesia, which is an old cottage garden plant, which does very well. And I I always like to put a little bit of it into hanging baskets, but also to plant it out in beds as well. Things like Violas do well during the summer months. Um, White Alisum, which is scented. Blue Lobelia. And the old snapdragons do very well. So, you know, stick to the kind of the the things like petunias where you've got that bell-shaped flower collect water and tend to rot off so they need a good summer. Geraniums need a very good summer to do well as a bedding plant. So stick to the more traditional. So white allison, blue lobelia and thryaniums French marigolds are good. The bizilises, the begonias, they're all super reliable but most of those cannot be planted out until the risk of frost pass which is going to be and Certainly the, the middle of May You're okay. soon enough. And even some people leave it till June to be on the safe side. But remember, there's lots of early colour. There's plenty of violas and ranunculus and blue campanula that can be planted out now to give a bit of colour now just before the bedding comes in.
0: Okay, Now, we've a problem with rabbits, and I know we occasionally get questions about this. This is specifically uh, where they have burrows under Lelandia trees. Um, So I don't know if it's possible to fully get rid of rabbits, to be perfectly honest. But in uh, essence, will they damage the trees, asks Not Lelandia.
1: Lelandia will be more vigorous. I mean, you know, the burrowing from from rabbits won't uh, unstable. The Lelandii plant. It'll, it'll still be root strong, as it were. Um, so a little bit of boring is not going to cause any problem to the mm. Lelandii. Getting rid of them is a totally different, you know, that has to yeah. be either netted out. You can use products like grazers if they're grazing on particular plants, but that's only a short-term temporary solution. So really, it's, it's a matter of managing the
0: Managing the rabbits. Rabbits, yeah. Okay. Uh, now, I live on a seaside windy location and I need a wind break or a screen from the sea wind. Uh, what would you suggest, Porock, co- and when to plant?
1: Well, the planting is, is ideal at the moment. So, soil conditions are perfect for planting. Now, you need something that's going to tolerate the salt wind. So, the salt is caustic by nature, so it'll burn most hedging plants. And you also need something that'll tolerate high wind. So, the best plant you'll get is uh, iliagnus which is the silver edge um, evergreen foliage so it's got silver foliage, white underneath, very very hardy perfect in winds, in windy areas, it'll grow six, seven feet for you and make a very solid hedge and you can plant it this time of year. It's excellent as well in inland as well as, you know, an exposed windy if people are living on kind of elevated sites or where well, there's a lot of wind where things like laurel, traditional hedging won't survive. The ileagnus works very, very well.
0: Excellent. Um, I'm starting a new vegetable patch but there's a lot of weeds and grass there. What can I use to kill the weeds but be able to plant new veg?
1: Okay, well um, I mentioned my my favourite Item in the in the shed, which is the old wolf the uh, hole, hole, which is a great great device. A, if it's a relatively small area, just to clean off the bed and tidy it up. Mm-hmm. If it's strong grasses and weeds, you can use a proprietary weed killer like Weed Free Three Hundred and Sixty. Which, if applied on a day like today, will work within six to seven days. It's translocation, which means it goes down through the leaf of the weed down into the root, so it doesn't contaminate the soil. So you'd spray it over the entire area. It'll take seven to ten days for it to actually for everything to die away mm. the soil can be tilled and then you can sow your vegetables safely into that ground or else you you know if long term if you want to even put black plastic over the area that will but that takes a year for that process to to uh, kill off the weeds but um, if you want to use the treatment then the traditional treatment is weed free 360 just to get rid of it no. and weeds are going to be a problem I mean you're going to see a, uh, over the next week 10 days they're literally you know a couple of inches high but they're going to double their height over the over kind of the next week or ten days, so do get out and control so weeds. Get out with in, get out with that hoe, then
0: really. Yeah, yeah, judge.
1: that's really the advice to keep on top of of weeds because they're small and manageable at the moment. And this is a perfect day for using a hoe because they'll literally die within an hour of being cut off. And that that uh, wolf the wolf uh, hole that, that I use yeah. has the blade front and back and it, it's a very effective way of controlling weeds in around, say, shrub borders or roses or vegetable garden or, you know, just for general control of weeds, light um, weeds.
0: Does it get them right up from the root or...? It cuts
1: them off at root right. level. Now, okay. things like if they're dandelions and, yeah. and more perennial weeds, then it, it'll, it'll only stop Obviously, it's only cutting; they'll resprout spread, again. And yeah. it's better to use a, a systemic weed killer. But for light weeds, you know, things like clickweed and um, red shank and all of those, they'll the hoe is very, very effective.
0: Now, can you recommend a climbing flower uh, I could plant on a sunny wall, please?
1: Oh well, there's lots of them. I mean um just thinking I was talking about roses earlier on so you could use varieties like Dublin Bay which is a beautiful rose. It's a it's a McGrady rose. It's a bright red. Magreeby has said of the Dublin Bay that it's it's one of his best roses that he bred. He bred other varieties like Trumpeter and Swan, so but Dublin Bay is an extremely good free flowering um, rose it's a it's a blood red colour it repeats all summer long there's a light scent from it really dark foliage it's a really nice variety and with roses it's nice to mix something then like maybe clematis a summer flowering clematis like Hagley hybrid or Czech Mania, mm-hmm. just as a companion plant other good roses are Arthur bell is a lovely variety which has bright yellow flowers it's scented um, things like wisteria do well in south facing the wisteria, which produces huge, long foot long flowers, does very yeah. well in a sunny area.
0: I, I love wisteria. I think it's stunning.
1: Another really nice plant is the potato vine, which is Solanum, Sol- Solanum glassnevin, which is named after the Botanic Gardens in Dublin. It's a blue. It's in the potato family and it flowers like potatoes, right? It's got the potatoes, but it actually flowers its head off. I took pictures of it in November and it's still in flower that time of year so that's the potato vine it comes it's called the botanical name is Solanum Solanum jasminoides is the white flowering variety it's jasmine like Mm -hmm. so like the flower of jasmine but it flowers the whole summer long very hardy and then you've got Solanum glasnevin which is another really brilliant climbing plant and with both of those you can also introduce some clematis up through them just for a bit of additional colour but they'll easily reach eight, nine feet in height maybe six feet in diameter and a really good plant to grow. Don't su- they? Don't suffer from pests and diseases. Uh, they don't suffer from the potato blight. Sounds yet,
0: perfect to me. It's a
1: lovely. It's a lovely plant. And something a little bit different. So that's Solanum jasminoides or Solanum class nevin called the potato vine. Very simple to grow. Very fast growing. Really good climber. But you've got lots of great rose varieties as well. Clematis, honeysuckles, wisteria. Because it's south facing and sunny, it opens a whole.
0: Yeah, a bo- range take, of different climbers.
1: No, no, there's a whole range of climate hydrangeas. There's lots of really good climbers and again this is the time of year to put climbers into the ground.
0: Now, um we touched I know we talked about the 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 weeds in the beds there uh, but just where we've Grass and weeds around shrubby areas, Maureen is wondering, is there anything specific to use in those instances? There's,
1: there's no p- specific herbicide that will distinguish between your shrubs and the weeds. I mean, if you spray an area with, with a, a general weed killer, you, you kill everything. Now, having said that, the garden hoe is one option to tidy it up. Putting down the weed barrier, the, the plantics and, and gravel or plantics and bark, is another way of controlling weeds. But also, you can, if you cover the shrubs, so if you can cover the individual shrubs with a polythene bag, so if they're small, relatively small shrubs or you can wrap polythene around them to protect them from the spray, you could use the Weed Free 360 very carefully, just applying it onto the weeds that are there. So if there's enough gap between the shrubs that you can get in and spray, with them, that, that can be used. But you do need to make sure you keep the spray off the foliage of the plants. It doesn't matter if it drips around the root base, but keep it off the foliage to protect them.
0: Now, I don't know, this isn't probably quite our area, but I've a beetroot pickled and in jars since last year. Is it all right to use?
1: Well, well it would be, be perfect we'll to drop one into me. And, <laughs> we'll, we'll, I'll we'll, taste it for you. We'll sample. But we'll it, sample. Of course it is. I mean, it's probably any, fine. Anybody that pickles yeah. beetroot, they're using last year's crop. So if you pickle anything last summer, or last autumn, it's totally usable, probably for the next two years, but certainly the, for this spring it's yes. this is the time to use it. It's actually probably at its best.
0: If you have any concerns I suggest... Drop the, a jar the, the to f- me. Yeah. Well, you can drop it <laughs> before, or you can contact the Food Safety Authority and they, they might be able yeah. to give you a bit more advice. I suppose that's beyond our area here really. Now, should I unwrap my tree fern now?
1: Yeah, tree ferns are they're beautiful plants. So in winter they go completely dormant. The fronds die away. So a typical tree fern will have a, a corky or, you know, a kind of a a central trunk, very kind of soft central trunk. And then the fronds, the the actual fern comes out at the very, very top of the plant. So they're unfolding at the moment. So during the wintertime, listeners will often wrap them to protect them against frost.
0: So like a fleece,
1: is it? Yeah, you can wrap it with a a fleece. Fleece would be ideal, the white fleece. And that's taken off at this time of year because the fronds are unfolding. Another thing to do is to put some water, tepid water, at the very top of the frond of the the actual stem, right at the very top where the fronds are beginning to unfold. Put some water there because that helps to moisten the area and it, the, 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 the uh, fronds actually unravel a lot easier. But this is the time of year, it's also the time of year to feed ferns. So giving it a liquid feed or a granulated feed like the Osmo tree and shrub feed would be ideal. And indeed, most plants will benefit from a bit of feeding at this time of year. The The ferns are no different. But it's a lovely plant. If people have a shaded area in the garden, and they do extremely well in shade. They love the shade. There's some lovely varieties of them, of them growing in uh, the Museum of Country Life in Turlock Park uh, in the shaded wooded area. They've maybe 10 or 12 ferns. And they're there yeah. quite a number of years. And they're very spectacular as we come into April and May as the fronds start on okay. un- unravel. And do
0: they grow quite big, the trees? Oh, ferns? yeah.
1: I mean, in time, it could grow anything up to 10, 12 feet
0: okay.
1: in the right environment, okay. the right location. But they're very slow growing. Very, very slow, so it takes a long, long time. But particularly in the Museum of Country Life, there's some very nice... And you're looking down on them from... They're actually down okay. in a dip, so you, when they unfold, you're actually looking down at the foliage. And they're very spectacular. Okay, wow, well,
0: that sounds lovely. Yeah. All right, so keep an eye. But out yeah, there. in terms of
1: the question, unravel. Oh, certainly, take the prote- take the fleece off them now. Water them at the top. And keep, and liquid feed them, and that'll kick them start into growth.
0: Right, uh, we're going to stay with plants that will give some shade, but we're going to move inside for a second. Boric, uh, could you recommend a flower I could plant in my conservatory that would give some shade?
1: Well, you really need a climbing plant, something that's going to scramble up the the conservatory. So, two plants that come to mind. One is the passion flower, Passiflora, which is a a lovely plant that's that's just beginning to flower now. So, if you go into your local garden centre, you'll see the flowers just starting. Um, so it's and it's a very unusual flower. That's on the passion flower. So look for that. It's a it's a fast growing. So it's Passiflora is the, the botanical name or passion flower. It's a climbing plant. It'll put on. 8 to 10 feet of growth this year alone. Um, now it'll obviously need to be in a large pot in the conservatory and you need to train it up. It's got little tendrils like clematis, and it'll wrap on to the structure of the conservatory or if you put a few little wires for it to scramble up. And that will flower from now right through to November inside in the conservatory maybe up to Christmas. Uh, it'll create great shade for you and but fantastic flowers. So that's a really nice plant, Passiflora or the passion flower. Um, another plant that would tolerate the indoors is a thing called a climbing plant again called Black Eyed Susan and it has spectacular orange flowers at this time of year I mean they're absolutely a brilliant orange with a black eye so that's how it gets its name Black Eyed Susan Um very fast growing again we will buy the plants about a metre high and they'll put on two metres or three metres alone this year and again they'll flower from now again till November so either of those plants the Passiflora passion plant or the um Black-eyed Susan, both of those would be, would be ideal for okay. a conservatory. They'll take the heat, they, they'll create some shade, and they give you lots of flower colour then right through the season.
0: I want to talk about some of the photographs coming in, Baric, yeah. if I may. On so <laughs> we've got on WhatsApp. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, some identification, please. Okay. Is, is the um, is is what's required here? So first of all, um, we have a picture of which I think is a camellia in a pot. Yeah. Uh, from Kathy. Good morning, Kathy. Wondering is the pot too small for the plant? What do you think? I would say it might need to be potted on a little bit. It looks like it might be there a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: it's actually doing really well. I mean, the size of the camellia compared to the size of the pot, it actually has done brilliantly. Cathy has looked after it really well. But yes, it does need to go into a a larger pot. And Cathy, I would get a pot that's at least three to four times the size of the pot you have it in. So the plant is still very healthy. I know it's showing yellowing and and it looks a little bit sad, but it's actually, it's a cracking camellia plant and um, so my advice is to get some ericaceous compost lime free compost get yourself some lime free fertilizer as well mix the two together get a nice big tub container maybe even a terracotta or a weighty pot because as the camellia gets bigger there'll be a lot of weight to it and then repot it now at this time of year feed it during the summer and it'll be a ball of color next season and all those yellow leaves will have turned green again so it's just hungry it's just starved it's telling you it needs to move, move on, on.
0: Okay, yeah, t- t- time, t- time to, yeah. To, to move me on. Yeah, yeah,
1: but it's, the plant is perfectly fine.
0: Okay, also on the identification parade this yeah. morning, uh, Sarah asks if you can identify this plant for me. Now, I thought it might have been a geranium, but it's not.
1: No, it's, it looked it looked like a, a geranium, but when we went up close, it's a plant called Aquilegia, or Granny's Bonnet. It's an old cottage garden plant, um, really nice plant. It'll actually be coming into flower as we get into May and early June, uh, it's perennial it comes back year after year and um, really nice old fashioned plant you, you can often find it actually self seeding when it flowers it produces seed they cast and you'll often find it coming up in other spots of the garden as well so that's Equilegia or Granny's Bonnet and uh, an old cottage garden favourite and they come in a whole range of different colours blues and pinks and whites and so on.
0: Okay um, so we have a picture come in of a, a fairly newly planted laurel hedge. Okay. Um, so listener is wondering uh, when is the best time to feed it? They've given us a photograph so it's kind of in a slightly raised area, Pork, and well, there's a wall in front of it. Okay. Um, so well,
1: feed so, it now. Yeah. All, all hedging will benefit from a dressing of fertiliser now. Um, make sure there's no grass and weeds at the base of it. Apply a fertiliser tree and shrub feed now and that'll benefit. And the other thing to do with all new hedges and even existing hedges is to trim them back, take a couple of inches off the top of them. I know it sounds counter productive but you actually by trimming the tops of them a bit like what I was saying about the hanging basket plants you get them to fill out and produce side branches and it makes a fuller denser nicer hedge you won't restrict the overall height so people can be reluctant to, to actually just tip them back and I'm only talking about where a new hedge may be taking six or seven inches even off the hedge all to the one height give it a feed of the osmo tree and shrub feed and uh, it'll kick into growth in the next week or 10 days and be super
0: yeah it's just I think because it's in a slightly raised area not bang bang down and the ground but there's right. it, it appears that there's lots of soil around that area. Oh ah, so yeah, well
1: a feed yeah. now will bring yeah. it on a little bit of light trimming will bring it on and it will be perfectly fine.
0: Now, um, I have a three-year-old Stella mm. self-pollinating cherry fruit tree. Right. The tree is in full bloom but even with the sunny warm couple of days we've had there seems to be very few bees or hoverflies around. Um, so, I've For seen them appear yeah, the pollination issue uh, to be uh, they seem to be weak and getting blown off course the bees so far. Um, So uh, Eamon is wondering, should he pollinate the flowers with a battery toothbrush like I do with the tomato plants
1: in the greenhouse? Absolutely. Stella (laughs) is a great variety. It's a a self-fertile variety. And and Eamon is lucky that it's actually flowering so young That because January cherries take a couple of years to actually settle down to flowering and fruiting. So that's great, the fact that it's flowering. And yes, the bees have been, certainly uh, have found the spring extremely difficult. And many of the the bee creepers that I've been chatting to have actually lost huge amounts of hives this year so I'm not surprised but look at this a day like today we'll see lots of bee activity and tomorrow is promised warm again and, and Monday so I would expect the bees to be out having said that if Eamon is the time to go around with a, a little uh, paintbrush or a, or, a, or a toothbrush or whatever and just transfer the pollen from one flower to the other then that will help to set the fruit.
0: Excellent. Now uh, can we ask you regarding a willow tree which we set last year it's set in a damp area but no sign of a bud appearing yet. Um, what would you suggest they feed it with asks
1: Catherine. Well again you can use a tree and shrub fertiliser but willow should be showing, showing signs of new growth. Lots of them are in flower at the moment. Uh, if you see it on the hedgerows you'll see the wild willow there's literally dozens of flowers on them at the moment. Um, so I would expect them to come into leaf in the next 10 days. Um, you can put a tree and shrub feed. Again, the Osmo would be fine to put around the base. Just check that the plant is still alive and you can simply do that by taking the branch, scraping it with your nail okay. and just inside the bark you should see nice green tissue, moist green tissue. If the tree is is brittle and it's breaking off, then it has died back. So just check the tree and maybe send in a photograph or if you're round to the garden centre, bring in the photograph to me in the afternoon and I'll have a look at it for you. Or maybe a piece of the tree and we'll have a look at it. But the the willow I would have expected it to start. The leaves should be and the buds should be swelling and, and coming forward at this stage. So there's something There's amiss. Okay. There's, and rather than feeding it, check first, is the plant's still alive?
0: Okay, great. So photograph if you can or you can always email it to garden at midwestradio.ie during true. the week either and we'll be able then to pick it up for you next week on the programme. Now, back to texts. How is it be, How best to tidy up a tatty looking cord line? The frazzled ends, ends from all the winds. Do you yeah. trim off the ends or do you leave them alone?
1: Well, first of all, take off all the any dead leaves and the, the cord lines tend to produce a lot of dead leaves right at the base of the Stem. So trim them off with a standing knife or a sharp blade and trim them back. You can cut off with a scissors or uh, trimmers. Just trim off anything that has been damaged or frazzled. And lots of grass-like plants, like cordylines, formium, pampas grass, are showing that kind of tattered look. So if you've got formiums in the garden, they can actually be pruned back as well. And the young growth that comes forward will cover up all that damaged growth. And give, but you certainly give them a feed at the same time. So the cordline can be trimmed. Tidy back in the same way the new growth will come from the centre and it will p- replace that older growth so take off anything that's dead, brown uh, discoloured and trim off the ends give it a feed within a couple of weeks it'll be back again okay. the winter was quite severe on evergreen love- grass like plants it bet them and batter them and tore them and
0: give them a chance to it, recover yeah
1: exactly a bit of feeding bit of feeding and a bit of trimming.
0: <coughs> now, that question we had at the very start when we uh, turned to questions, Porek, regarding the pruning, the people who've got the opportunity to the prune trees. the trees. Yeah. Okay, so they're not 100% really sure what they have. Two of them are mountain ash. The okay. larger ones, um, they've little things hanging from them um, before they start to leaf. I don't know if that gives well, you... Well, that
1: could be uh, birch direction. to produce those little catkins and hazel. The hazel trees will, uh, alder and hazel, produce those little catkins in the springtime. Um, if it's any of those, they can be pruned at this time of year, no problem at all. So the whitebeam or the mountain ash can be pruned now. Um, and if it's hazel, willow, alder, silver birch, they can all be pruned now. The only tree that I wouldn't prune at this time of year are cherries. Flowering cherries or fruiting cherries are bef- best left until after flowering as they've come into full leaf. So they should be left till the end of May, early June. But any other tree certainly can be pruned back. Sycamore, beech, any of those can be pruned at this time of year.
0: Is eucalyptus a good tree in a wet area of the lawn? My cherry trees failed in this wet area.
1: No. It's not. Eucalyptus needs, um, it comes to us from Australia and New Zealand and it's not a plant that likes um, wet, heavy soils. Grow a willow, grow an alder, grow plants that will actually tolerate Um, the roots in water so willows alders are, are probably the two of the best for very damp areas keep the eucalyptus to a nice dry area
0: a caller has lovely rhubarb. Can she use it now? Yes, you can. I, yes, and I hear. You can r- drop
1: some into me if you want. <laughs> yes, you can. I mean, their early varieties like Timberly Early can be used now. The main thing with rhubarb is not to pick it as a young plant to give it. You know, so as long as it's established, it's growing well, then start to use it now. And I always recommend people to cover the rhubarb in January and February to get that early spring growth um, and that, that nice pink stick rhubarb. But yeah. Start harvesting it now.
0: Now, I have some strawberries growing in a tunnel. Someone mentioned that I need to pollinate them. Can you explain
1: this, please? Okay, well, like any fruiting plant, strawberries need pollination, and often when you buy uh, strawberries in the shops, you, I get these kind of weird square like shapes on strawberries. Have you ever noticed that? Like, they don't have that perfect strawberry heart, heart chip. shape they, they, you can often get strawberries and they're kind of squarish and that's where the pollination the proper pollination hasn't occurred oh so sometimes if if you get very light bee activity or no bee activity it's they're wind pollinated you get this kind of squared strawberry fruit next time you're in the oh, supermarket I'll have a look because i love strawberries so my advice is if you've got them in the tunnel or a greenhouse open up the doors let the bees come in and pollinate the bumblebees and the, the uh, honeybee will pollinate and hoverflies will pollinate the bee or the uh, strawberries when they're in full bloom. So open up the tunnel and your tunnel should be open at this time of year anyway. So open it up, let the bee activity go in. You don't need to hand pollinate them yourself. The in- insects will do that. But if you keep the tunnel closed and keep it restricted, you'll end up with square shaped strawberries. strawberries. So there you go. Okay. So it's just a, it's just a pollination um, uh, you know, when the pollination doesn't happen properly. a difference in pollination, yeah. right. Like many of the, the strawberry growers actually bring boxed bees, they bring actually bumblebees into the um, into greenhouses the to pollinate the tomato plants and oh. the strawberry plants. So the likes of Keelings in Dublin, the fruit yeah. people, they will bring in literally farmed bees. Boxed bees. Yeah, it's about, they're not the honeybee, they're actually a, a, a variety of bumblebee and they're brought in solely to pollinate the tomatoes and the strawberries to get that perfect shaped fruit for you to buy in the supermarket how interesting
0: (laughs) (laughs) now uh, can we put hanging baskets uh, in the garage uh, till June as it gets the light and the sun we've been talking about tunnels and greenhouses yeah I
1: mean you need a a pretty bright location so I mean the garage would have to have kind of a really nice south facing wall and you need to turn the baskets like ideally they'd want to be in a porch Conservatory, greenhouse, tunnel—that sort of protective environment. You know, or one of these little mini greenhouses that you can get, that you can put over the, the kind hanging baskets. a kind of cloche, little cloche yeah. or that type of thing. That's enough to give protection for the early hanging baskets. The garage, uh, it it possibly won't get enough light there. Now you can certainly give it a go, um, or you could put the basket out during a daylight like today, stick it outside, let it grow, and then take it in for the, for the night time. But it's really just protecting it from any kind of cold winds or any frost at night time that's really what the tunnel in the greenhouse that's the protection it gives good. the baskets
0: now copper beech hedge sown last week when can i cut the top
1: well you can trim it now you can do, you could have done it on the day you planted them so just trim off the top lightly trim in the sides lightly i mean you're only talking inches a couple of inches off the top of them give them a feed the copper beech should be in full leaf then at the end of may
0: uh, carrot seed is not treated what to spray when it comes up we well, rather than with?
1: spraying with, with a, a pesticide, I would use the nematodes. They'll be available. Um, so if you sow the seeds of your carrots this weekend, they should be up within a 14-day, 21-day period. And then you can put the um, the nematode treatment onto the carrot to prevent the carrot root fly. The nematodes are basically a natural parasite that will feed on the young um, carrot root fly and, and, and eat, basically eat them up. And very, very safe. The organic users uh, use the, the nematodes. Actually, many of the growers now are using them. Even the guys that are growing shrubs use it for vine weevil as well. So it's very effective on carrot root fly, wireworm, and uh, leather jackets and pests like that. But it'll be available about the middle of May. That's the time to treat them. And, uh, you know, rather than putting a, a pesticide onto your carrots that you're going to be eating later on in the summer. The other thing maybe to try is the, I mentioned it last week, the fly. Uh, which is our um, mastro? Those two varieties are resistant to carrot root fly as well. Okay.
0: Um, now, Kong listener says, "I have two skimmia in big pots at my front door. One is full of flowers; the other has brown leaves. Is there any way I can help the one that's suffering?"
1: Well, brown leaves, I mean, skimmy is a beautiful plant. It's an evergreen shrub, and the flowers are highly scented at this time of year. A really nice plant. Um, The one that obviously is, is, it's probably in a little bit of a rain shadow. Or, you know, it, it's probably not just getting enough moisture, the one that's actually gone brown. So depending on how how brown it's gone, uh, you could certainly trim it back, feed it, see can you bring it back. Again, if you maybe take a photograph of it or bring a photograph into me, into the centre, I'll have a look at it for you, or maybe a piece of the plant and I can advise you. But look at the skimmies at this time of year. It should be rich green leaves, lots of flower and um, one is brilliant one is, is obviously suffering and it really just depends how badly it's damaged but certainly you could trim it back feed it see will it respond to that you won't get any flowers this year you're really building the plant up for the following winter and spring
0: Lovely Now uh, I have maple trees growing in big pots in a greenhouse when can they be put outside?
1: Oh, they can be planted out now that's the Japanese maple I, I assume which is a little dwarf. We talked about the bonsaiing of 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 Japanese maples last week. They can be planted outdoors now. They are frost hardy. Pick a sheltered location. Japanese maples like a Protect it. They're fine against frost and all of that, but they dislike cold winds. So maybe where there might be a sheltered wall, they'll tolerate shade. They'll also grow in full sun, but do keep them out of kind of cold westerly winds. So, And, and remember, they don't make very terribly big trees. So put them in maybe with other shrubs beds or in a heather bed or somewhere like that. Or you can grow them in the pots as well if you wish.
0: Okay. Uh, Holly tree, five years old. Can it be moved now?
1: Not at this time of year. The moving of plants really has stopped now. We're into full growth at the moment. So if you need to transplant a plant, if it's in a pot, no problem at all. You can transplant it and plant it into the ground. But if you're digging up plants out of the soil, that should be left until next November and holly would be no different. So I'd leave it alone. What you could do during the summer months to prepare it for autumn is to undercut the roots, which means going round the actual holly tree, maybe three quarters way around the whole tree and just putting the spade into the ground, just severing the roots, not lifting the plant. You're actually just pruning the roots and that encourages a nice fibrous root to be produced over the summer period. And that nearly prepares the plant for lifting next autumn. So that could be done certainly now or in June. Uh, but I wouldn't go lifting it now you'll lose it
0: and any suggestions for an evergreen shrub for a small bed in front of the house it's a slightly shaded area one that needs little attention and grows approximately two to three foot now this person Helen is in Sligo she already has a boxes uh, so it needs to grow alongside that as well
1: well there's a lovely plant um, I was looking at it yesterday actually admiring it in which is growing in under the canopy of trees and it's, a plant, it's an evergreen shrub called Fatsia spider's web okay. so it's got a leaf in the shape of your hand but maybe three or four times the size of your hand right large leaf. sounds very big yeah. it's a lovely it's actually a lovely plant um and it has so it's large leafed. it's a fatia or ca- it's in the castor oil family uh but it's one called spider's web so it's got this brilliant white webbing or white coloration to the leaf So it's highly recommended. Great in shade. If any, the colour is better in shade than it is out in full sun. Retains its leaf. It'll grow maybe three feet, two to three feet in height. Something similar in width. It'll give lovely contrast of colour to the dark green of the the boxwood. Sounds lovely. And will tolerate the shade really well. So that's a plant called Fatsia spider's web. Really nice plant. I have it grown literally under a canopy of conifers. And it... Fab, fab, fab. I have the spotted laurel growing beside it, and actually the fatia spider's web is doing so much better. It's okay. tolerating the shade so much well, and 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 the spotted laurel be the one recognised for shade as well. So that's a, a really nice, easy to grow shade-loving plant. A
0: couple of questions in relation to trimming Lelandii um, where it's wind-burned uh, can the wind-burned parts be uh, cut off now and another person also wondering, I know there's a second question there about Lelandii but uh, can, yeah, we, trimming, can we trim at the yes minute or can are can we going to Lelandia. lose all uh, the growth for this year? Or well or
1: anything that has been wind-burned obviously has been, has been physically burned and that needs to be trimmed off anyway. The main thing when pruning Lelandii is not to cut into old timber or really old wood so don't shave the plant back or cut into uh, old wood. You need to cut into where there's still green wood in the plant or green leaf in the plant. Cut back to there, feed it, it'll, it'll kick into growth straight away. And the pruning of all hedges really occurs at this time of year. So people have got laurel in the garden or escalonia or grislinia or any of the traditional herbs, give them a trim back now, give them a feed, they'll kick into growth straight away. Don't be leaving it for another month. Okay. Trim lovely. them up and tighten them and now.
0: So uh, we're gonna to have to leave it there, but you did say you're in the garden I'm centre. I'm in yourself, the Turlock Garden
1: off. Centre from twelve to five today, so pop in and as I say, bring in the bring in pieces of plants, bring in your your phone with photographs if you want, and uh as I, I'll be down close to the restaurant somewhere between 12 and 5. Okay,
0: and I might go and start up the lawn do. Ah,
1: do please. <laughs> this is the weekend Finally, I know. If, it if it's
0: not done now, it'll never be done. It's meadow after that. Pork, thanks indeed thanks, for uh, the last hour and to uh, everybody for sending in questions as well. We're back again next Saturday just after the news at 7 for me and then gardening of course as per usual from 9 o'clock. Uh, stand by Michael Neary coming your way next here on Midwest Radio on this Saturday morning with Country classics. Until next Saturday, good morning to you.